Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish is upset. Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Good! Arike Okunpawale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTRadio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner. Darren Pritchett. Got to score a touchdown. A field goal does them no good. It's caught and complete. Trayshawn. It's a miracle touchdown. Beavers busting Stanford. An implausible finish. 56 yards. Moly, guys, watch. It's been a tough go for the Stanford Cardinal this year. And it does not get any worse than last Saturday. That audio courtesy of ESPN. Trayshawn Harrison makes the catch. And dashes to the end zone, a 56-yard go-ahead touchdown for Oregon State against Stanford with just 13 seconds remaining. Oregon State had a backup quarterback. It looked like Stanford had a chance to finally get a win against an FBS school, but the Beavers got them 28-27 in Palo Alto last Saturday. So Stanford has not beaten an FBS school in their last 11 matchups. The last win over an FBS school, the Oregon Ducks went down at the hands of Stanford October 2nd, 2021. We welcome you to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat as we broadcast live on 960 AM WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com, our free WSBT radio app, and we also have a live video stream underway right now on the Twitch app. If you have Twitch, just search Sports Radio 960 WSBT. 
Hope you're having a terrific Thursday, October the 13th of 2022 on the program. You're going to hear from Fighting Irish head coach Marcus Freeman, defensive coordinator Al Golden. We've got our Twitter question of the day already posted on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. It's one of those hypothetical questions involving the Notre Dame quarterback position. Also coming up this hour, prediction time for week six in the National Football League, which starts tonight. The Washington Commanders taking on the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field, 8-15 kick. You can get the radio call of this game on Quality Rock 94.3 FM via the Bears radio network. We don't have Thursday Night Football tonight to protect the Bears radio network and our sister station, Quality Rock 94.3 FM. Might be a cool night at Soldier Field. Carson Wentz is 6-0, playing on Thursday night in his career, the commander's starting quarterback. The Bears have won four consecutive Thursday night games. Something's got to give as Washington and Chicago kick off week six in the NFL. And we'll make some picks for week six coming up in just a little bit. Our My 5 question of the day, five things that the Irish offense needs to do to have success against Stanford. In the 6 o'clock hour, we'll have our Notre Dame opponent rankings for this week. Also, some sports wagering conversation. We'll keep you updated on the progress of the one baseball game that will take place today in the majors, currently underway down at the Big Juice Box in Houston, Minute Maid Park. The Mariners lead the Astros 2-1, Going to the sixth inning, Houston leads the best of 5-1-0 after that dramatic home run in game number one by Alvarez, the three-run home run to walk off Seattle. That was a killer for the Mariners, but hey, they're bouncing back so far, up 2-1 on the Astros going to the sixth inning. Yankees, Guardians postponed until tomorrow due to bad weather in New York. First pitch tomorrow is set for 1-0-7. The Fighting Irish got some bad news today, or actually they delivered bad news to us today. So let's get that information to you as we kickstart our program with our Sports Beat First Pitch. The first pitch of the first pitch of the night. And we are ready for the first pitch. Into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. And our first pitch tonight is the Fighting Irish have lost a defender slash special teams player for the year. Fighting Irish head coach Marcus Freeman made the announcement earlier today about linebacker Bo Bauer. Yeah, Bo will be out for the year, um, sustained a knee injury in practice on Tuesday, which is uh, devastating just because he's a captain and provides so much, you know, more than just production, just the energy, the, um, the ability to, to motivate our, our players. It's going to be a tremendous loss for us. So he's out for the year. You could argue, and I think it's fair to argue, he's the best special teams player that the Fighting Irish have. He's not played as much at linebacker this year, but he is a staple on special teams. So that 
is a major loss in particular on special teams, as Coach Freeman mentioned. Also, you lose a very vocal captain. He can still be vocal on the sideline. You're just not going to have it between the lines. So, Bo Bauer, again, five games this year. He started one. It was the BYU game. He got the start. Nine tackles and a block punt for Bo Bauer. So, it wasn't like he was out there every play, but a key part of certain packages. So, how do you replace Bo Bauer? One of the logical choices would be a guy like Prince Kali. The sophomore seeing a little more time. Marcus Freeman earlier today. Yeah, I would think for sure you'll see uh, more Prince Kali, who played really, really well um, last game. And he's a guy that we want to continue to try to get on the field more. Um, Junior, uh, you know, I think we'll see more of Junior, too. Um, I think you'll see him play in a couple of different packages and, uh, you know, increase his role, too. As far as Jalen, you know, it's still two to be determined. You know, he's continuing to get better. Um, you know, don't see him right now uh, being a part of the, the defensive package yet for this game. But um, he, he's, you know, going to have the opportunity, hopefully, as the year goes on, to be able to try to play some more. Yeah, Jalen referring to Jalen Sneed, a very exciting young defensive player out of South Carolina. Just hasn't got to the point where the, pl- the coaching staff can trust him on the field, but that's a guy that's going to make an impact eventually. Prince Kali was kind of in the same spot last year, and Kali slowly but surely is seeing a little bit more time. Unofficially, 18 snaps for Prince Kali. Had a sack last week against BYU. Boy, he's got some very explosive speed. That closing speed looks like he's the guy that's going to be a very, very useful football player for Notre Dame the next couple of years. So it sure looks like Prince Kali is going to get a little more playing time. Now he's played the will, but these guys have been cross-trained, and depending on the package, we're going to see more of Prince Kali. So again, the news of the day, Irish linebacker, special team star Bo Bauer, lost for the season knee injury suffered in practice on Tuesday. A couple of other injury notes. Defensive tackle Howard Cross, he missed last week's game with a high ankle sprain. Coach Freeman said today that Cross was limited in practice on Tuesday, but Cross fully practiced with the team yesterday. Normally, that's a sign that You're going to be able to help the football team on Saturday. So it seems like Howard Cross is moving in a good direction right now to be back in the rotation at defensive tackle. Pretty good job by Chris Smith and Gabe Rubio last week with Jacob Lacey leaving the team and Cross not available. Those two did some really good things in the interior of the Irish defensive line. Also today, Coach Freeman said that cornerback Tariq Bracey is still questionable for the Stanford game due to that grade one hamstring strain that he suffered in the second half of the win over BYU on Saturday. So Bracey questionable, 
Coach Freeman did mention he saw some good things from Bracey in practice yesterday, so there is still a chance he could help out the Fighting Irish against a Stanford team that can throw the football. Tanner McKee is a 6-6 signal caller. I mean, huge arm, can get the ball down the field. They've got some length at wide receiver. He's thrown for over 1,200 yards in five games with 10 touchdown passes, has five interceptions, but Tanner McKee is on some draft boards right now as a junior looking ahead to the National Football League. Problem is for Stanford, they have a couple of offensive linemen that apparently aren't going to play. Their left tackle and right guard likely out for this game. They will get their right tackle back for this matchup against the Fighting Irish. Marcus Freeman's now had a chance to Look over some tape of this 1-4 Stanford football team. Again, they've lost 11 consecutive games to FBS schools. Should have won last week. Bottom line, they didn't, losing to Oregon State 28-27. Here's Marcus Freeman's thoughts on Saturday's opponent, the Stanford Cardinal. Well, I think, listen, the the, you, the record and the scores do not reflect the team you see. And, and um they're a talented team. Again, as you look at the the Oregon State game, and, and they're up in the fourth quarter and, and and lose by that touchdown at the very end of the game. And, and they're a team that, that is running the ball extremely hard. Um, you know, they got big, long receivers offensively. Quarterbacks making good decisions. You see the freshman come in and, and do some different things with his feet. Um, you know, so they're they're going to be an offense that, that that's extremely hard to defend. They're, they're running the RPO really, really effectively right now, and so. Um, the defense will have their work cut out for them uh, defensively. You know, they're again, they are a, a physical football team. Um, you know, we've had some things kind of not go their way defensively, but, you know, they're a team that plays physical, plays downhill, um, that, that's going to do some different things to present some issues for our offense. And so they're, they're a very talented team, well coached. Um, I've always respected the job that Coach Shaw has done um, coaching his team, and this team is no different. And so, our guys know we got a huge challenge coming up um, on Saturday night. You know, a rivalry game. They'll be extremely motivated, and uh, you know, our guys have been preparing for the challenge. It's just strange to see a David Shaw Stanford team with a one in four record and just really with no success the last couple of years. Had Yogi Roth on from the Pac-12 Network last night. He talked about how close they are to breaking through, but. Injuries have hurt them. The misplay at the end of that Oregon State game cost them. I'm not going to say it exactly right, but the old New York Giants head coach, Bill Parcells, always talked about you are what your record says it is. And you know what? Stanford's 1-4. and And a team that can't stop the run, giving up 210 yards per game. This just in, Notre Dame, their last two games are averaging 260 rushing yards per game. Al Golden, Fighting Irish defensive coordinator, he chimes in on what he sees on film from this Stanford offense. So, um, I mentioned it really long at wideout. So really long at wideout, big in the slot. Uh, they got a really good quarterback that can stand down there and see. Um, big, strong uh, offensive line with a halfback that can not only run it, but can beat you out of the backfield. 
Uh, and I really like the tight ends a lot. Uh, I think the tight ends, you know, they caught some long ones on us a year ago. And, uh, you know, I, you know, they're averaging 29, 30 points a game. So it's going to be another, another big challenge for us Saturday night. You know, one of our Notre Dame football media members brought up a stat that I'm not sure it's in stat books. But it caught me off guard. But then after hearing the stat, it's like, you know what? We haven't seen this. It's almost hard to believe that Notre Dame has played five games this year, folks. And they have not batted down one pass at the line of scrimmage. With the amount of pressure they've been able to put on opposing quarterbacks, they're tied for 18th in the country in sacks per game at three. Add on the quarterback hurries, the pressures, and they've not been able to deflect a pass. That's really hard to believe. Over one or two games, you normally have one. Sometimes it's one of those passes that goes off the defensive tackle's helmet, and he doesn't even mean to block it. Hey, that counts. Yeah, no passes batted down at the line of scrimmage by the Irish through five games. That's a crazy stat. Now I'm sure after we've talked about it, the Irish will have a couple of passes batted down in this game, although it's going to be even more difficult, actually, if you think about it, in this game as Tanner McKee, as he stands in the pocket, he is six foot six, So the football is going to be even further off the ground from release from the quarterback's hand. But who knows, maybe couple of passes will be knocked down by the Fighting Irish this week. The RPO game has worked well for the Stanford Cardinal. How that affects Marcus Freeman's defense? Yeah, well, it's two different the, the dilemmas that it presents. Well, if you're in zone coverage, the minute you trigger um, as a linebacker to go stop the run, you're opening up space behind you um, that they can pull it and throw it, you know, and they're creating space and trying to put in your your linebackers in a run pass conflict. Well, then the answer is say, okay, go play man. Well, now you're playing man-to-man coverage and, and with no underneath help because the backers have to be able to respect that run game. And so you got to do some different things up front to try to be able to have your backers play a little bit more patiently and you got to be able to play man-to-man coverage at times versus some big, tall, long wideouts. And so it, it's a really good um, scheme that they've done a good job of, of being able to execute in games. And uh, it's going to be a big challenge for us. And it sure would not hurt Notre Dame's cause if Al Golden's defense could put enough pressure on Tanner McKee with their base four-man rush. The Irish have brought some heat at times to get extra pressure on the quarterback, but the best defenses are the ones that can get home with the front four rushers. And I would think Notre Dame can probably improve in that area. But again, they are getting to the quarterback tight for 18th in the country. They have 15 sacks over their first five games. Now, Tanner McKee is not going to be a threat to run in this game. He's more of a sitting duck in the pocket. And let's see if the Irish can get to that 6-6 signal caller who has thrown five interceptions through five games. Hey, a lot of times he's down. He's trying to make a play late in the ball game and those picks are going to happen so the five picks might be a tad bit overrated when it comes to Tanner McKee who 
is outstanding throwing the football. When Notre Dame hammered Stanford in Palo Alto last year, you know, Tanner McKee was just fine in that football game for the Cardinal as he went 20 of 25 against the Irish. He had a touchdown pass and was not intercepted. Everything else for Stanford, not good in that game, which turned out to be Brian Kelly's final game as Notre Dame's head coach. So there you go, some insight on this Stanford offense. You look at the numbers right now nationally for the Notre Dame defense, kind of a mixed bag. The scoring defense for Notre Dame giving up 23.2 points per game. That is 52nd in the country out of 131 FBS teams. Total defense, one of Notre Dame's best stats. They are 36th in the country, giving up 340.4 yards per game. The rush defense, this is an area that needs to get better. 72nd in the country, 145.8 points per game. The Irish are giving up 4.21 yards per carry. Pass efficiency defense, I'm actually a little surprised. The Irish are this low. They're 94th. Third down defense, Notre Dame is tied for 65th in the country, basically middle of the pack, allowing the opposition to pick up a first down. 37.5% of the time. Stanford is not very good, surprisingly. On third down with a really good quarterback. Stanford 82nd in the country in third down efficiency on offense, converting a third down into a first down just 38% of the time. The Irish and the Cardinal at Notre Dame Stadium. That game Saturday night, 7.30 kickoff here on WSBT Radio. Our pregame coverage begins at 1 o'clock and ends early Sunday morning with the completion of the Notre Dame football postgame show with Jim Irizarry and Reggie Brooks. That show begins as soon as the Irish game ends. 5.28 is our time. Coming up, our Twitter question of the day as we focus on the Irish quarterback position with today's question on 960 AM WSBT. Leading off on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Don't you guys go anywhere. Plan to put on a hitting display. The center fielder. That boy is good. Number nine. Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. West League champion. Adios! Walk-off home run, Eloy Jimenez. Who prefers to cheer for the birds on a bat. Adios! Goodbye, and maybe that's the winner. Here's Darren Pritchett. Five thirty-three at Sports Radio nine sixty, WSBT on this Thursday evening. Darren Pritchett with you. Thanks for joining me. Coming up at the conclusion of Budweiser's weekday sports beat tonight. At 7 o'clock, it is the Marcus Freeman Show. One hour of Notre Dame football talk featuring the head coach of the Fighting Irish football team, Marcus Freeman, along with the voice of the Irish men's basketball team, Tony Simeone. All things Fighting Irish football coming up starting at 7 o'clock with the Marcus Freeman Show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 
WSBT. Well, on yesterday's program, we put forth a Notre Dame-Stanford-related Twitter question of the day. And this question was sparked from hearing Marcus Freeman this week talk about how this is a rivalry game for Notre Dame taking on Stanford. Now it is two like academic schools. They have played a lot through the years, each and every year. Stanford comes to South Bend in October. Notre Dame loves to end the year in California. One year at USC, the next at Stanford. Notre Dame's won the last three games in this series after Stanford had a good run. But I was curious if Irish fans see this as a rivalry like Marcus Freeman and Tommy Reese have talked about this week. So here's how I pose the question. What would you like to see Notre Dame do with the Stanford spot on the schedule? Your two choices. Number one, nothing changes. Play them each and every year. Choice number two, rotate a new team. You're kind of tired of Notre Dame-Stanford. Well, it was a landslide. 72.5% said that spot on the schedule, it's time to move Stanford off the schedule and bring on a new opponent. 27.5% said totally fine with Stanford on the Notre Dame schedule. From a recruiting standpoint, this is what I've always been told, that Notre Dame really enjoys ending the year on the West Coast because as soon as the USC or the Stanford game concludes, the coaching staff stays out in California. They're on the road recruiting since the regular season is over. Or sometimes... The head coach works out a new deal to become a new coach somewhere else. But normally, they stay on the road and go recruiting. So I think Notre Dame really likes that USC-Stanford ending to the schedule. Now, if sometime down the line, Notre Dame's in a conference, we don't have to worry about this. Maybe they're in the same conference as Stanford. But I don't think we all agree that's probably... Very, 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 very unlikely. So rotate a new team on the schedule. Easily won yesterday's Twitter question of the day on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. Now to today's question. Based on what you have seen from Notre Dame quarterback Drew Pine over his first three starts, If he starts all five games for the Irish this year, the Irish are fill in the blank. Choice number one, five and oh, or four and one, and they are still alive for a college playoff berth. Choice number two, the Irish are three and two. They're still three and two. They are who they are, and not in the playoff running, but still alive for a New Year's Six Bowl game if they run the table. What do you think, based on what you have witnessed from Drew Pine in his three starts, if he starts all five games, 
Are the Irish still alive for a playoff berth, or are they who they are right now, 3-2? and two? We'd love to get your opinion. If you have a comment about this question, feel free to leave it on my Twitter account at 960-SPORTSBEAT. We'll pass along the results of today's question on tomorrow's program, and I can already tell you what tomorrow's question is going to be. What combination is going to be the correct answer for the Notre Dame-Stanford game when it comes to outright winner and who covers the spread? We'll do that tomorrow. It is 11 minutes in front of 6 o'clock. Darren Pritchett with you here on WSBT Radio. We leave college football for a moment next to preview week six in the National Football League, which starts tonight with the Commanders and the Bears. Again, that game on Quality Rock 94.3 FM. This is Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on your home of the Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. Boy, this is a really good football weekend. We've got some outstanding top 10 college football matchups highlighted by Alabama. Heading to Rocky Top to take on Tennessee. You got Penn State and Michigan squaring off. Big battle in the Pac-12, USC, and Utah. So our Saturday is set for some really good football. And we've got some interesting matchups also in the National Football League. And week number six of the NFL starts tonight with the NFC matchup at Soldier Field in Chicago. The Washington Commanders taking on the Chicago Bears. A reminder, normally we carry Thursday night football. Not tonight. We have to protect the Bears Radio Network, which is on our sister station, Quality Rock 94.3 FM. You can hear the ball game tonight at 8.15. All right, let's find some winners. Let's pick some games for Week 6 and the National Football League. And we'll start with tonight's matchup between the Commanders and the Bears at Soldier Field. It's been a toss-up game all week. The Commanders have jumped in front now as a one-point favorite against the Bears. This is truly a toss-up. The Commanders have played some pretty good football. They lost to the Titans last week. They have lost four in a row. They played just well enough to lose. The Bears showed improvement against the Minnesota Vikings on the road, grabbed a second-half lead before eventually losing to Minnesota. It's a coin flip. I'm going to go with Carson Wentz and the Commanders in a very tight game at Soldier Field. So I'll go Commanders to win the game outright. We'll pick the game also in our sports wagering segment next hour. Now to Sunday in the National Football League. The 49ers on the road to take on the Falcons. San Francisco favored by five and a half. I like the 49ers. In this matchup, their defense, one of the best in the National Football League. Atlanta, bad luck last week getting that horrible roughing the passer call against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, costing them the chance to put forth 
quite a comeback. I'm not sure I would take San Francisco with the spread, but outright, I'm going to go with the 49ers. Patriots at Browns. Cleveland is favored by two and a half points. Jacoby Brissett taking on a Bill Belichick defense. Call me nuts, but I'm going to go with the Patriots for a second straight week. I took them against the Lions last week. I'm going to take the Patriots despite having their third-string quarterback. I think they can control Jacoby Jacoby Brissett and the Browns offense. So I'm going to take the Patriots, the road underdog, in a mild upset. Jets at Packers. Green Bay favored by 7.5. I like the Jets and the points. I'll take the Packers outright. Jets rookies. The guys they drafted are playing at a high level right now. Good things it looks like on the way for the New York Jets, but I'll take the Packers. They'll find a way to get it done against the Jets at Lambeau this Sunday. The battle in the AFC South, the Jaguars and the Colts from Lucas Oil Stadium. Indianapolis favored by two. The Jaguars won the first meeting 24 to nothing down in Jacksonville. I'm going to say it's a bounce back moment for the Colts this week. It looks like that Jonathan Taylor, the Colts running back, is trending in a good direction, trying to bounce back from an ankle injury that caused him to miss the Denver game last Thursday. Taylor practiced today, and normally when you practice on Thursday, you play on Sunday. Colts, even the season series, they beat Jacksonville in Indy on Sunday. You can hear that game on 96-1 the ton, Sunday at 1 o'clock. The Vikings on the road to take on the Dolphins. Minnesota favored by three and a half. The Dolphins starting their third string quarterback. I'll take Minnesota, but I think this is going to be an extremely tight game. Bengals and Saints down in New Orleans. Cincinnati favored by one and a half. Not sure if it's going to be Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton. Either way, I'm going with Joe Burrow. And the Cincinnati Bengals. I hope they can start running the football a little better with Joe Mixon. I'd like them more if they could do that. So I'll take Cincinnati to win down at the Superdome against New Orleans. The Ravens visiting the New York Giants. Wink Martindale, the former Ravens defensive coordinator, is now the D coordinator of the New York Giants. So he has faced Lamar Jackson more than anybody else in the NFL, squaring off with the great Ravens quarterback in practice the last few years. Baltimore on the road favored by six. I would take the Giants and the points. I'll take the Ravens to win outright in this game. I think it's going to be a squeaker at MetLife. Buccaneers and Steelers. It looks like the Steelers will finish under 500 for the first time since Mike Tomlin was named their head coach. Tough spot for the Steelers with Tampa Bay coming to town. Buccaneers favored by eight. Buccaneers win the game against Kenny Pickett and the Steelers. Panthers and Rams in L.A. Panthers have a new head coach. They don't have Baker Mayfield. Looks like their third-string quarterback will start. Rams are favored by 10. Rams will win the game outright at home. Cardinals and Seahawks up in Seattle. Arizona, the road favorite by three points, but I'm going Seattle to get the job done at home against an Arizona defense that has some issues. You know, Seattle's getting pretty decent quarterback play right now. And former Michigan State running back, uh, Kenny Walker is going to have his chance to start this week with Rashad Penny done for the year. So I'll take the Seahawks at home. 
Bills and Chiefs, wow, can they even come close to what we saw in the playoffs last year? Patrick Mahomes, a home underdog for the first time in his career. Buffalo favored by two and a half. I think the Bills finally beat Kansas City this week. Cowboys and Eagles. Sunday night football right here on WSBT Radio, Sunday night at 8.15. Well, the Cowboys are trying to knock Philadelphia from the ranks of the undefeated. Philadelphia favored by six. Sounds like it'll be Cooper Rush starting again for Dallas. He will lose for the first time as the Cowboys starting quarterback. Eagles get it done at home over Dallas. And finally, Monday night football. As a Bronco fan, I apologize. We're in prime time again. Don't blame me. Broncos at Chargers, L.A. favored by four and a half. Denver quarterback Russell Wilson had a procedure done on his right shoulder after the Colts game last Thursday. It's not going to be 100%. Chargers are just a better football team right now. Denver's offense averaging 15 points per game, 31st in the NFL. No shot against Herbert and the Chargers. Chargers cover the spread, and they win outright. Those are my picks for week six in the National Football League. It went 10 and six last week. And by the way, there are four teams on a bye. For those of you that play fantasy football, remember teams off this week include the Detroit Lions, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Tennessee Titans, and the Houston Texans. Looking forward to Commanders and Bears tonight on 94.3 FM at 8.15 on TV. It'll be on Amazon Prime. More sports beat coming up in just a couple of moments as we return to more Fighting Irish football conversation with our My Five question of the day. Five things the Irish offense needs to do to have success against Stanford Saturday night at Notre Dame Stadium. That's on the way as Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues on 960 AM WSBT. One question, five answers. This is the My Five Questions of the Day on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett, 557. Today's question, the top five things that the Notre Dame offense needs to do to have success against the Stanford defense Saturday night at Notre Dame Stadium. Ladies and gentlemen. This is number five. Let's start with dominate early. For many reasons, this is a very positive thing. Obviously, get off to a fast start. Kind of take the energy out of a Stanford football team that has suffered a lot of losing the last year. Take the heart of the Stanford Cardinal out of this game. That's awesome. But also... As this offense that Notre Dame is putting out on the field continues to prosper and grow, it would be nice if Notre Dame builds a sizable lead in this game so in the fourth quarter, the yeah, but guy can get on the field. There's an injury to Drew Pine. Something happens. He gets locked in a room, can't get out. You like to have Steve Angeli get a little time under his belt the true freshman is the guy that is one snap away from being the guy leading this offense the Irish have not been able to get him out on the field yet 
He almost got out there against North Carolina, but unfortunately the defense gave up a couple of late touchdowns. Carolina got to within two scores, so that just wasn't the time to put Angeli in the ball game with things still a little bit up in the air. Of course, there was no chance last week with BYU surging late third quarter, early fourth quarter, got to within five, driving, stopped on the fourth and one at the Notre Dame 27, but the Irish could only get a field goal to go up by eight, so there was no opportunity for Angeli to get his feet wet. That's all I want. Let him get out there, take some snaps, hand the football off, maybe a simple throw or two, just to get the nerves out of the way. Now, let's be honest. If he has to start a game, the nerves are going to come right back. But let him experience college football. But you need to dominate early, get that sizable lead so the fourth quarter can be a Steve Angeli quarter for the Fighting Irish. Four. Another thing for the Irish offense Saturday, let's keep that Jaden Thomas momentum going. Very important development last Saturday against BYU. Jaden had the three catches in the ball game, including a spectacular one-handed catch resulting in a touchdown. This passing game has been defined by Michael Mayer catching passes from the tight end spot, Chris Tyree catching passes as a running back slash wide receiver, but then a whole lot of inconsistencies outside of Lorenzo Styles at wide receiver. Jaden Thomas hopefully has broken through, giving Drew Pine another option that he can count on. Jaden Thomas surged during fall camp. We didn't see that surge show up over the first few ball games, but maybe, maybe the BYU game is the start of a second wide receiver that Drew Pine can count on, not every once in a while, but every series. Okay, okay. Uh Top five things the Irish offense needs to do to have success against Stanford. Number three, Audric Estime, and Audric Estime only, gets all rushing attempts inside the opponent five-yard line. I've heard about the running backs. They all have their different packages. Great. Love it. Let's go. But inside the five, in particular on first and second down. I'm sorry, there's just no reasonable explanation not to go with this guy. Case in point, BYU. Third down and two from the three. You had basically two plays to get three yards. You basically had two plays to get two yards to get a first down, then you get four more shots from inside the one-yard line. I like Chris Tyree. I like Logan Diggs. But I like them in the other 95 yards where the Irish could snap the football. Inside the five should be Audric Estime territory. Anybody else is renting there. He owns that area of the football field. I want that bulldozer creating space, breaking tackles, and getting to the goal line. I just... I'm sorry, I can't see any other combination making sense. Now, if it's 
third down from the five, then I think you open up other options. But if you're trying to score a touchdown via the ground inside the five, how is Audric Estime not your only choice? Number two. A pine will tower over a redwood. You know that Stanford tree thingy, whatever you call it? He's a redwood. Redwoods are known for being in Palo Alto. But we've got a pretty good pine here, right, Drew Pine? I think Drew Pine has another very solid game. I think the running game really sets the tone for this offense once again with Stanford struggling to stop the run. And once you get the run going, that's just going to open up the passing game. So many options for Tommy Reese to work with. So, yep, I think a pine will tower over a Redwood Saturday night at Notre Dame Stadium. Number one. Drink of water, sorry. Well, number one is pretty simple. Run it down Stanford's throat. The Cardinal allowing 210 rushing yards per game. That is number 121 in the country out of 131 teams. The last two games, the Irish have ran over their two opponents. Carolina, 287. BYU, 234. Average over the last two games, survey says, 260 yards per game. And it sure seems like Audric Estime is becoming the number one running back of choice for this football team, except inside the five. I joke. But he has had the most rushing attempts and rushing yards by far over Tyree and Diggs the last couple of weeks. So hopefully we can see another one of those Audric Estime 40-yard runs that we saw against BYU in Vegas last Saturday night. But on paper, and if you watch the video, it looks like an absolute mismatch. The Notre Dame running game against the Stanford run defense. Don't get too cute. That's the matchup. Drill them. And then you got the passing game to really punish them. Irish have scored 45 points the last two games against Stanford. I think they get into the 40s once again Saturday night. That's the My 5 question of the day. The five things that the Irish offense needs to do to have success against Stanford. Sports Center update coming up next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Highlight reel one by Williams. Down the sideline, Williams. Chased by Gamble. 20, 10, what a run. Touchdown. Spectacular run. Here's the fake. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. Hi again, everyone. 613 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Sports be brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Football fans, this Bud's for you. 
by South Bend Orthopedics, team physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949. Tim Grau State Farm Insurance. For surprisingly great rates that fit anyone's budget, call Tim at 574-232-9981. Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. The Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. The Food Bank of Northern Indiana, hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. By Legacy Heating and Air, a cook family business. Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt, don't shop, or new beginnings have happy endings. And Four Winds Casinos, your entertainment escape must be 21 years old. Please play responsibly. Marcus Freeman show coming up at seven o'clock here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Prime at the plate in big games. And that one's hit well deep in the left field and Alvarez has done it again. Oh my goodness. He has put the Astros in front. A two-run home run makes it three to two Houston. That happened just a little bit ago. Jordan Alvarez, who hit that dramatic game-ending game one home run two nights ago down in Houston. He's at it once again. The Astros were down 2-1, to one, now up 3-2 as the game is in the bottom of the seventh inning down in Houston. The Astros looking to go up two games to none on their AL West rival, the Seattle Mariners. And Houston looking to become the first of the four division series that has a team with two wins out of the three necessary. The National League series are both 1-1. Phillies and Braves, Padres and Dodgers, and Cleveland and the Yankees postponed due to weather tonight in the Bronx. Yankees up 1-0. They'll play at 107 tomorrow at Yankee Stadium. But Jordan Alvarez right now dominating that divisional series for the Astros against the Seattle Mariners. All right, let's talk about the opponents on the Notre Dame football schedule for 2022. Each Thursday, I rank the 12 opponents from 12 to 1, just like an AP or a college football poll, to offer you some insight on how these teams are doing. And we just find a way to talk about these teams to keep you locked in on these future Notre Dame opponents and also the ones that the Irish have already played. So let's get to this week's rankings as we rank the 12 Notre Dame football opponents. We always start at the bottom, and this team has been number 12 all season long. The midshipmen from the United States Naval Academy. Now I'll say this. They're probably one more week away from moving up the rankings because for the first time last Saturday, they looked like Navy. They ran the football extremely well. They have not ran it well this year. There was a point a couple of weeks ago where their leading rusher was a wide receiver. Navy is now 2-3 and three after they hammered Tulsa 53 to 21. You know it's going well when the Navy fullback is putting up big yardage. Daba Fofana, their fullback, 21 carries, 
159 yards and three touchdowns against Tulsa last week. So Navy is 2-3 up next, a road game against Southern Methodist University. Now at number 11, a team that beat Notre Dame, the Thundering Herd of Marshall. Marshall lost again last night. Since beating Notre Dame, they've lost three of four games. The losses to Bowling Green, Troy, and last night they played on a Wednesday night at home, and they lost to the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana. Billy Napier's old team. He, of course, is now the head coach at Florida. Marshall is now 3-3 three and three as they lost last night to Louisiana. 23-13. Marshall was favored by 10.5. They lost by 10. They looked miserable, which makes it even more frustrating that the Irish lost to that team. Marshall, number 11 in our Notre Dame opponent rankings with a record of 3-3. Three and three. Coming in at number 10, a team that has a pretty good chance of falling behind Navy pretty quickly, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. I've been giving them the benefit of the doubt because they were 4-1 and one going into last week. They were winning games, but the opponents, nah. Well, UNLV played San Jose State last week. It wasn't a fair fight. San Jose State 40, UNLV 7. The running Rebels are now 4-2 to make matters worse. UNLV's best player, quarterback Doug Brumfield, was injured in that game. When UNLV released their depth chart for this week's game, Doug Brumfield was not listed on it. So that's a major development. Brumfield, their quarterback of UNLV, having a good year. Injured, not on the depth chart this week. That could be important with UNLV coming up on the Irish schedule. By the way, UNLV on Saturday will host Air Force at 10.30. Notre Dame opponent rankings. Number nine this week. This week's opponent, the Stanford Cardinal. The Cardinal are one and four, their only win over FCS Colgate in week one. Since they have lost four consecutive Pac 12 games, including that heartbreaker last week at home to Oregon State 28 27. Took a 56 yard touchdown pass with 13 seconds left to send the Beavers past the Cardinal. They're not running it great right now due to offensive line injuries. They can't stop the run. They've got a good quarterback, but a lot of issues right now for David Shaw's team, who we will see up close and personal at Notre Dame Stadium Saturday night at 7.30. Stanford comes in at number nine. Our Notre Dame opponent rankings moves to number eight, and that's where we find the Boston College Eagles. BC was hammered at home by the Clemson Tigers last Saturday. Clemson beat BC 31-3. This was going to be a tough task for BC. I've documented 
that BC's offensive line cannot protect former Irish quarterback Phil Dracovic. It's a major problem. Clemson has one of the best defensive lines in the country. So it is absolutely no surprise that BC scored three points against Clemson. Tigers won 31-3. Phil Dracovic, 19-40 of for 188 yards. Boston College is idle this week. Next week, the Eagles will be at Wake Forest. Now to number seven in our Notre Dame opponent rankings for this week. A team the Irish have already played and beaten, the California Golden Bears. Bears only won five games last year. They are three and two so far this year, and they're about to be four and two. Now, California is idle this week. I'm sorry, they were idle last week. My apologies. This week, it should be a slam dunk. The winless Colorado Buffaloes are up next Saturday at 2 o'clock. And that game for Cal is on the road. But Colorado has lacked any sort of punch all season long. So Cal would get to 4-2 if they win as expected at Colorado. So the Notre Dame opponent rankings again from the bottom. From 12-7, to Navy is 12 with Marshall 11. Then UNLV sits at 10, Stanford 9, Boston College at 8, California 7. Now 6 through 1, they have combined to only lose three games. Two of the three losses to Notre Dame. Sorry to take that little drink of water there to keep the voice going. Number six in the Notre Dame opponent rankings, the North Carolina Tar Heels, who are ranked once again this week. That surprised me. But Carolina is 5-1 with their only hiccup at the hands of the Fighting Irish. Carolina, solid road win down in Miami last Saturday. Tar Heels 27, Hurricanes 24. I guess the conversation that Miami is back ended rather abruptly as they have hit the skids. A guy that we appreciate, Drake May, the quarterback for Carolina, against Miami, 19 of 28 for 309 yards, a couple of touchdown strikes, and a couple of interceptions. Now, remember how Notre Dame ran all over North Carolina? 287 yards. Miami? Against that same rushing defense of Carolina, the Canes rushed it 24 times for 42 yards. Can you believe it? Oh, by the way, Miami did throw for 496 yards, which makes up for that stat just a little bit. But Carolina beats Miami 27-24. A true rivalry game for Carolina this week. They're in Durham to take on the Duke Blue Devils. That'll be an 8 o'clock kick. Now to number five in the Notre Dame opponent rankings. That's where we find the undefeated Syracuse Orange, who are 5-0. Last time we saw Syracuse, they beat Wagner 59-0. They were idle last weekend. Now a big test for Syracuse as they host 
North Carolina State at 3.30. Number four in the Notre Dame opponent rankings. I still have BYU ahead of Syracuse. That could flip next week. BYU is now 4-2 after losing to the Fighting Irish 28-20. Interesting non-conference game this week. BYU back home to take on from the Southeastern Conference the Arkansas Razorbacks. That's just about as far north and west as any SEC team will go, right? I guess not. Vandy went to Hawaii, but Vandy will not be confused with any powerhouse teams in the Southeastern Conference. But I love Clark Lee. All right. BYU-Arkansas 3.30 kickoff at Cougar Stadium on Saturday. Really interested to see how BYU responds from the Notre Dame game at Arkansas. They've had some struggles. Their quarterback missed the last game. Number three in the Notre Dame opponent rankings, the USC Trojans. Lincoln Riley's team is 6-0. I thought they would struggle with Washington State. They did not. Final score from the Coliseum, Trojans 30, Cougars 14. Caleb Williams was okay. USC quarterback, 15 of 29, 188 yards, two touchdowns. Passing game could take a week off because Travis Dye ran all over Wazoo. Dye, 28 carries, 149 yards at a touchdown. Notre Dame's run defense will have to tighten things up by the time they get to the season finale at the Coliseum taking on Dye and USC. The Trojans, a defining game Saturday night in Salt Lake. It is USC at Utah, supremacy in the Pac-12 on the line. If Utah wins, that probably ends the Pac-12's hope of making the playoff. USC wins. They still have a fighter's chance. USC defense appears to be getting a little better. They stopped the run pretty well in their last couple of games. But USC at Utah, 8 o'clock Saturday night. Number two. And the opponent rankings, the Clemson Tigers at 6-0. As I mentioned, they beat BC 31-3. Quarterback DJU, 18 of 31 for 220 yards and three touchdowns. He also is running the ball much better, 12 times for 69 yards. Clemson in Tallahassee to take on a struggling Florida State team at 7:30. And still number one in our Notre Dame opponent rankings, the Ohio State Buckeyes. They defeated Michigan State in East Lansing 49-20. C.J. Stroud, 21 of 26, 361 yards, six touchdown passes, and threw a pick six. The Buckeyes, idle, next up, back home to take on one of the worst offenses in the country, the Iowa Hawkeyes. So, six through one in this week's Notre Dame opponent rankings, Carolina six. Number five, Syracuse. Then it's BYU at four, USC three, Clemson is two, and Ohio State is still number one. It is 629. I'm Darren Pritchett. Marcus Freeman Show coming up at the top of the hour. More Sports Beat next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Notre Dame brings five. Bradley steps back. In trouble. He sacked. At the 15-yard line, J.D. Bertrand got him. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And down he goes. At the 16-yard line, Justin Adamy Lola got there first. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. Oh, intercepted. This will be a pick six. Into the end zone goes Jack Kaiser. 42-yard touchdown. 634 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome back to the program. 26 minutes left in our show. Then it's the Marcus Freeman Show. Here on WSBT Radio, Commanders and Bears not on WSBT Radio tonight. Normally we have Thursday night football, but we have to protect the Bears radio network. And you can hear the Bears and the Commanders tonight on Quality Rock 94.3 FM. Opening kickoff is set for 8.15. As I refresh my screen here, I'm going to see what the line is for this game, if it has shifted at all. Before the show started, the Commanders were a one-point favorite on the road against the Bears. And looking at the numbers via DraftKings Sportsbook, it is still Washington favored by one at minus 115, Bears plus one at minus 105. The over-under is stationary. It is still at 38. And on the money line, Commanders are at minus 120. And you can double your money if you think the Bears are going to win. And they do win. The Bears right now are at plus 100. We'll have some sports wagering picks coming up here in our next segment on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I want to bring in a few comments from listeners who chime in on my Twitter account. That is at 960SportsBeat. Bobby chimed in and said, Darren, is the running game improvement for Notre Dame because of the threat of a pass? With Buckner, it looked like eight, nine guys in the box and only two games, but he couldn't make them pay for that risk. Couldn't find and or hit the open man. Your thoughts? Well, just like any offense, if you have the running game going, it opens up possibilities in your passing game. And the passing game can set up the run just as well. You think about when you get that running game going and all of a sudden you have to bring a safety down, bring an extra man into the box to stop the run, that is taking away one individual in pass coverage. With Michael Mayer on the field, he should be double teamed more often than he is. I'm really surprised by the way teams have played him. If teams double him, that gives you one-on-one opportunities all over the field. And if you have a safety down in the box, you can really do some damage. The RPO game has worked well for Tommy Reese's team. Pine has the ability to throw on the run. He's made good decisions. So hate to be generic and boring, but the run can set up the pass and vice versa, I do believe the Irish ability to run the football right now has loosened up defenses for the passing game, and Drew Pine is right now taking advantage of what defenses are offering him. So there's no doubt, I think with Tyler Buckner, they were going to make him beat them with his arm. 
He started 8-for-8 against Ohio State, and unfortunately things went downhill from there. Then he gets injured in that tough game against Marshall. Things are working a lot well, or working really well for Drew Pine, and a lot of that has to do with the offensive line taking big steps forward in execution. That truly is what's helping the running game and the passing game. Based on our question about Stanford, would you like to see them replaced on the Irish schedule? Chad wrote in on Twitter, Notre Dame doesn't benefit one bit from playing Stanford annually. We already play in California every other year. As I talked about earlier, I think the Irish like any of the year in California to get their coaches out on the road on the West Coast after the game, so they get that each and every year. Notre Dame-Stanford was a highly competitive game for a long time, but boy, Stanford is just not overly competitive at this particular time. And the Irish have won three in a row in the series, and in those three games they scored 39, 45, and 45. And with the way Stanford is not stopping the run right now, it could be another big offensive night for this Fighting Irish football team. Also on my Twitter account, uh, Isles fan wrote in, like Rudy, and that he loves Notre Dame, actually more like Drew Brees. Early last year when Pine beat Wisconsin and would have beaten Cincinnati had he entered the game sooner, ooh, color man Drew Brees himself said on national TV, Drew Pine reminds me of me. That was a very interesting statement made by Drew Brees. I'm not sure Pine playing against Cincinnati ends in that result. Interesting thought by Isles fan Connecticut there, but I think that Cincinnati defense was locked in on Tommy Reese's game plan. There was not a lot of pivoting, and that game was won by the Cincinnati defense, but Drew Brees was a a fan of Drew Pine, no doubt about that. And Summer John wrote in a little bit ago, thanks for the late 1980s Dallas Mavericks shout-out the other day. That was the team I grew up with. If they had only beaten L.A. that one year. I was referencing one of my favorite first college basketball players, Derek Harper, turned 60 the other day, and I'm just kind of stunned that he's 60 years old, making me feel older than I am. And I referenced some of those 80s Mavericks teams that just ran into the Lakers, couldn't get by them for obvious reasons. But Derek Harper, Rolando Blackman, Brad Davis, Roy Tarpley, Sam Perkins, I believe, was on those teams. Mark Aguirre had a good team, but they just couldn't get by Magic, Kareem, and the Lakers. But a lot of teams in the 80s ran into the Lakers and got, unfortunately, pushed backwards. But that was a fun, fun team back in the 1980s. Then the Mavericks went with the young guys after they were really bad for a while. They had, let's see, Jason Kidd, Jim Jackson, and Jamal Mashburn. But that never worked down in Dallas. But now with the group they have, I think they're having fun down there in Dallas once again with professional basketball. And they've got a good NHL team as well in the Dallas Stars. Notre Dame hockey will be in action tomorrow night and again on Sunday. No game on Saturday due to the Irish football team playing at night. The Irish will take on Northern Michigan Friday and Sunday. Northern Michigan off to a 3-1 and start. The Irish have not won yet. They lost their exhibition game. Then they lost to number 1 Denver last Friday 5-2. to 
in Denver. Then they went to Colorado Springs and faced Air Force. And the Irish hockey team lost that. Actually, I'm sorry, they tied that game. It looked like they were going to lose. It was 4-1 Air Force in the third period. Notre Dame rallied back to tie the Falcons at five. But this Irish hockey team looking for that first win of the year. They'll try to get it against an old CCHA opponent in northern Michigan tomorrow night. You can hear that game on our sister station, Quality Rock 94.3 FM. Pre-game starts at 6.45. Let's take a timeout. Sports wagering picks? Hold your nose. I'll try. Coming up next on your home of the Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Show me the money. <laughs> we go with Sizzler. We go with Sizzler. It's not a good sign when you want to celebrate a two and two night. But in October, two and two is pretty good for me, considering after going two and two last night, I'm now nine and twenty-two in the month of October, including just three and nine so far this week. All right, let's recap last night's two and two night. We got off to a really good start. You can never go wrong with the Raging Cajuns. I took Louisiana plus 10 and a half at Marshall in a Sunbelt matchup at minus 110. I did not even need the 10 and a half points. Louisiana won outright 23 to 13. And now the team that beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame Stadium, Marshall, they're now 3-3, three and three, having lost to Bowling Green, Troy, and Louisiana. Also last night, I went under seven total runs for Dodgers-Padres. Well, they ended up scoring eight as the Padres won 5-3. I won my two-team NHL parlay, which included the Avalanche over the Blackhawks and the Oilers over the Canucks at minus 114. Both the Avalanche and Edmonton won last night. And finally, Phillies pitcher Zach Wheeler over five and a half strikeouts. In six innings, he had five strikeouts. That was a loss. So two and two last night. Another bright spot, my underdog pick hit last night. It took the Bruins outright at the Washington Capitals at plus 110. The Bruins beat the Capitals five to two last night so let's now move on to tonight's picks and they are all from tonight's thursday night nfl matchup between the washington commanders and the chicago bears at soldier field the commanders are favored by one point tonight in chicago well carson wentz is six and zero all time on Thursday Night Football. Yeah, that's pretty promising. There's been a lot of drama around the Commanders this week. I'm not sure how they're going to react. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Commanders minus one at the Bears at minus 110. Since 2020, NFL games that have over-unders of 38 or less, the under is hit seven of eight times. Let's play the trend. Bears Commanders under 38 total points tonight at minus 110. 
Justin Fields. He's got to have one of those, I mean, truly breakout games eventually, right? Maybe tonight's the night. We got to take a chance. Justin Fields' passing yardage number for tonight is 168 and a half. That's it. I'll take the bait and hope tonight's his night. Fields over 168 and a half passing yards at minus 115. And finally, if Fields is going to throw for a few yards tonight, how about Darnell Mooney getting in on the fun? His receiving yards number is 45 and a half. I'm going to go over that at minus 125. So again, the four picks for tonight, Commanders minus one, Bears Commanders under 38 total points, Justin Fields over 168 and a half passing yards, and Darnell Mooney over 45 and a half receiving yards. My underdog pick for tonight at plus 100, Notre Dame tight end Cole Komet playing for the Bears. Let's go over 29 and a half passing yards. He's went over that number two times so far this year. That's our sports wagering segment for tonight. Good luck to you on your Thursday night wagers. Sports Beat tonight has been brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Football fans, this Bud's for you. By Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. The Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. Tim Growl, State Farm Insurance, for surprisingly great rates that fit anyone's budget. Call Tim at 574-232-9981. By South Bend Orthopedics, team physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. Legacy Heating and Air, a cook family business. By Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt don't shop or new beginnings have happy endings. And by Four Winds Casinos, your entertainment escape must be 21 years old. Please play responsibly. Well, that's going to do it for Budweiser's weekday sports beat for this Thursday night. Thank you so much for joining me as we broadcast live on 960 AM. Streaming live at WSBTradio.com, the WSBT radio app and the live video stream on the Twitch app. A reminder, coming up in just a couple of moments, it is the Marcus Freeman Show from 7 until 8 o'clock here on WSBT Radio. We've got Mishawaka Caveman Football tomorrow night at 7 o'clock on our sister station, 96.1 The Ton. Notre Dame Hockey, their home opener against Northern Michigan, that is tomorrow night, 6.45 pregame, 7 o'clock opening faceoff on our sister station, 94.3 FM. And once again, Bears and Commanders tonight, 8.15, also on 94.3 FM. Enjoy the rest of your evening. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 5 o'clock here on WSBT South Bend. 
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 